Hello and welcome to Extra Time, On Manorama's weekly football podcast. I'm Kannan. And this is Arun George. There is no visual, unfortunately, for this podcast, so you won't see me smiling from ear to ear. I'm excited to talk about today's topic and going by his expression, I'm not sure if Arun is as excited as I am uh, because it is about my club, Arsenal. Well, you read my mind there, Kannan. It is quite obvious, you know, right? <laughs> I'm a Chelsea fan and it shouldn't give me much pleasure seeing our rivals, Arsenal, dominate the Premier League like right now, you know. But keeping that aside, you know, what a season Arsenal is having, you know, as we record this. You know, the Premier League is almost at the halfway stage and Arsenal at top of the Premier League table with an eight-point lead over Manchester City was placed second. That's incredible, right? Yeah, the Northland and Derby that we had against uh, Tottenham on the weekend, it was a special one. Tell you what, Mikel Arteta is a man on a mission. No, it is too early to celebrate. It's only 18 games. The league has 38 games, so 20 more games to go. So there's still a long way to go. All the five teams, all the top five teams have a theoretical possibility of still winning the league, still upstaging Arsenal, even Manchester United or Manchester City or even Tottenham, who is now five, can win the league. Don't forget Newcastle United. Newcastle United, exactly. Newcastle United. Probably not beyond five, but all these five have a chance of theoretically winning this league. Right. So, but then, yeah, we are on top. And uh, sorry to say that we, I keep using we for Arsenal. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a fan and um, we are on top. So there is a plenty of positives from this season. Yeah, and Kanan, I know. I know you've been an Arsenal fan for long and you keep reminding us that as well. It's been a long time since Arsenal even appeared as title contenders, I think, right? I mean, I mean, the last time Arsenal won the Premier League was in the 2003-04 season under Arsene Wenger, which seems a long time ago, almost two decades ago. And honestly, I cannot recollect a season when Arsenal were even regarded as favourites, let alone be uh, title contenders. And that is exactly why this particular, this team is so special. I mean, not just for the Arsenal fans, but even for the league. I mean, Suddenly, you have this young team coming up and uh, being the title contender. Uh, you mentioned about the 2003-04 season, which was historic one because that's the only time ever in Premier League history that a team went on to win the league undefeated. Right. The invincible of Arsene Wenger. Probably right. that is also probably cemented my love for Arsenal. 26 wins, 12 draws and no defeats in a whole Premier League season. Any Arsenal fan about 35 would have phone memories of that season, I believe. Yeah, and right. And so, what is the magic that Arteta, Mikel Arteta, the manager of Arsenal, that he has performed this season with Arsenal? You know, to be frank, you know, I really did not see this coming. You know, I really did not see Ars- Arteta surviving at Arsenal, you know, after that the first season. You know, he was appointed in December 2019 and by December 2020, Arsenal languishing in the 15th place in the points table. You know, so I'm a Chelsea fan, and you know, Chelsea had this history of you know sacking managers for having such a dismal season. You know, they wouldn't last this long at Chelsea. That's the history under Roman Abramovich, at least it was. So in just two seasons, but Arteta has just turned things around, right? And I hate to say this, but Jose Mourinho actually predicted Arsenal Arteta to succeed at Arsenal. You know. And, man, wasn't he spot on? (laughs) Oh, this was after he beat us. He was the manager of Tottenham there. Arteta was just a year into his managership. So, coming from Jose Mourinho, it was a 
big boost, even though yeah. we were on the losing side that day. Right. And you know what? When I said that and I hated when Mourinho says such things, because you no, know, he's a great reader of the game. You know, I, as a Chelsea fan, I'm just going back to what he said about when Mourinho was a Chelsea manager, at the time when Chelsea signed Didier Drogba from Marseille, he was a young Ivorian, Ivory Coast intern striker. And, you know, he struggled in the initial years. So, you know, but I remember he famously said, you know, don't judge him now, you know, judge him when he leaves the club. You know, that's that's kind of a prophetic statement that he made. And what a legend he became, uh, Didier Drogba for Chelsea. So when Jose Mourinho says such a thing about Arteta and we see that it's coming true, you know, it's... <laughs> It's quite incredible, I say. <laughs> yeah, probably, uh, as I said, he uh, was the winning side. He was the winning manager and he was very happy. But then those were very nice words that he said about Arteta and Arsenal. Yeah, in fact, no, I haven't even said what he actually said, you know. Anyway, it was in 2020. And uh, as I said, you know, Arteta and Arsenal were struggling. And Mourinho, he famously said that, you know, with Mikhail, Arsenal will be Arsenal again. And now that's quite a statement, I say, because, see, Mikel obviously means Mikel Arteta. And, you know, I remember he said that, you know, Arsenal have this incredible spirit. You know, <laughs> this comes from Mourinho after his side beat Arsenal 2-0. So, and we always hear Mourinho say nice things about opponents, you know, when he has won. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that doesn't matter. You know, he praised the incredible spirit of Arteta's Arsenal. You know, he said how well organized they were. So the point is, like, he saw that, you know, this was a project that was, that could come good in the long term. And like Mourinho said, that's that's what's happening right now, right? Yeah, so the so Jose Professor, if I can say that, that prophecy is coming true, I guess. It was a process. When Arteta started in uh, 2019, it was a process. And he always mentioned this word, trust the process. He was ridiculed for that, but he kept on reminding everybody that this is a process and the process will get us a win. I know many Gunas, as we are uh, known, didn't, believe in Arteta. Piers Morgan, who is a legendary Arsenal fan, was a long-time uh, critic of Arteta. I mean, I say he may not be uh, uh, known for his journalistic pursuits. At least he is known as the Twitter celebrity of Arsenal, uh, <laughs> of the king of Arsenal fandom. Anyway, but I was reading just the other day that he was ready to lie on the floor and beg <laughs> forgiveness to Arteta. That says something, right? I yeah. mean, since Wenger's uh, long and eventful reign at Arsenal ended in 2018, I think the club really struggled to find a balance. The Unai Emery experiment didn't work. It was a bit like uh, the Manchester United situation post Alex Ferguson. I think Manchester United haven't rediscovered themselves since the Alex Ferguson era ended in 2013. Right. They tried a number of managers, right? Uh, David Moyes, Louis Van Gaal, Jose Mourinho, Ole Gunnar, Solska, Ralph Ragnick, and now with Eric Ten Hag, they seem to have finally discovered that swagger back. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good point, Karan. And actually, you know, the best thing about Arsenal under Arteta is that, you know, Arteta is a bit pragmatic, quite unlike Arsene Wenger, his former boss. He doesn't mind holding on to a narrow lead, you know, like a 1 0 or a 2 1. You know, I say that is smart management, you know, no offense, but for all his greatness, you know, Arsene Wenger in his later period at least you know he didn't have that kind of you know pragmatism in his game he never had it i would say you know he's someone who who used to play this flamboyant style of football you know who loved to entertain but that's not what was demanded of at those times you know jose Mourinho had it you know he used to be this master of these one nil wins so but i think 
Arthur has discovered that kind of a, a game management in his game, but uh, that element was missing in Arsenal for a long time. A classic case of that, I think, you know, even though it was a goalless draw, the one against Newcastle, you know, soon after the New Year in on January fourth. That is a classic case, I think, of this incredible game management from Mikel Arteta. Yeah, that was a fiesty game, wasn't mm. it? Nine yellow cards were shown in that <laughs> night. Arsenal dominated the match, but Newcastle are no longer the easiest side oh, no, to beat. Yeah. Especially since big money started arriving from Saudi Arabia and with Eddie Howe as their manager. Newcastle are actually one of the contenders this season. Right. I mean... Arsenal dominated possession in that match, what, some 65, 68% or something. But it was one of those games that, if not handled properly, could have caused precious points for Arsenal at the right, top. Right. It could have gone either way, honestly. But in the end, a point against a difficult opponent was a very smart management. Absolutely. And Premier League season, you know, is actually defined by these moments, right? I mean, a difference between a champion side and one that's kind of a pretender or simply a mere entertainer is that, you know, the champion sides or the, the contenders, you know, they are able to see of these tight games, you know, or at least, you know, I like chess and in chess, we always say that, you know, like if you're not able to win a game, you go for a draw because you try to avoid defeat in other words. So that's something which a lot of successful managers are able to do. And I think Arsenal under Arteta, they have found that kind of a rhythm. I mean, this season, you know, as we speak, in Arsenal have played 18 matches and just lost once which was at Old Trafford, you know, early in the season, a 3-1 defeat with Marcus Rashford coming on and scoring a brace in the end. But since then, you know, Arsenal have managed to kind of, you know, get something out of these edgy matches, you know. And uh, one particular game that comes to my mind right now is the 3-2 win over Liverpool. You know, that quite special one, right? I mean, yeah, when uh, Bukayo Saka scoring a late penalty, right? Mm, yeah, right. And uh, Liverpool just kept coming back into the game. <laughs> And I think Martinelli scored inside the first minute that day. Mm, And that has become kind of a norm or kind of a style that Arteta won the team to play. Attack from the first, go for the attack initially, take the advantage initially before your opponent is settled. Yeah, that was kind of a statement that they they made, that we could go and score and be on the front foot from the beginning. True. But for very many reasons, I fondly remember one particular match which we won 1-0 at Stamford Bridge. <laughs> Gabriel, our centre-back, scored the winner then. Yeah, I, I don't like to remember it, but like you said, you know, that was, we were so poor. I mean, Chelsea was so poor on that occasion and Aubameyang was, who was playing against Arsenal uh, for the first time since he moved to Chelsea, you know, he was very poor on that day. I mean, could be a pressure of playing against his former side. But anyway, I think it was the first time that Arsenal, Arteta actually accepted the fact that an Arsenal were in contention for the title. You know, he, he always kept saying that, you know, it's a long time to go and other, no, we can't say that. But finally, he conceded after that 1-0 win. Because, of course, winning 1-0 against your arch rivals is always so special, right? And I think we saw the same passion in Arsenal's most recent 2-0 win against Tottenham, the one that we said in the beginning, you know. Chelsea and Tottenham are Arsenal's London rivals, obviously. So, winning this derby is always gives a, a lot of confidence to the teams, right? Glad you mentioned Aubameyang in between. Because... That was something that Arteta did. Arteta, when he came uh, in 2019, he stressed on the fact that there is a process, there is a rebuilding process. And the players that didn't fit into that process, he actually kind of removed a kind of 
chiseled them away from the team and made the team that he wanted. One such player that he actually chiseled away or rather removed from the scheme of things was former German international Masoud Ozil. Ozil didn't fit into the scheme. He was an irritant to actually to the whole plan that uh, Arteta wanted to bring in. So he was removed. Similar was the case with Aubameyang too. Aubameyang was an Arsenal player and captain. He was starting out here. He had a good relationship with Mikel Arteta. But there was some disciplinary issue. Probably a bigger name like uh, Aubameyang could have survived in a different setup. But Arteta put his foot down and said, I don't want a player who wouldn't come into this scheme of things. So Aubameyang was sold to Barcelona. So that said the scheme of things for him. That said the pool of players that Arteta wanted. And uh, look at now. We have one of the, probably the great captain in Martin Odegaard. He is not the type of captain you normally associate with in a football club. He doesn't shout on the pitch or seem aggressive. But he leads by example. Probably the aggressive and the shouting duty is given to Granit Xhaka. So now he has become Arsenal's leading goal scorer in the Premier League this season. Someone who inspires his teammate by giving his best. Bukayo Saka is another player who has impressed me a lot. Uh, What a natural talent he is. Martinelli, Gabriel Jesus, Nketiah. There's so much energy in this Arsenal side and Arteta seemed to have found a way to get the best of the out of these young players. Yeah, and you mentioned Granit Xhaka in between. You know, I'm, re- I'm really impressed by Xhaka this season. You know, I'm glad that you mentioned about him. You know, when we talk about Granit Xhaka, you know, the first image that always comes to mind is it's an aggressive player who's just most always, you know, just one tackle away from getting sent off, getting a red card. Yeah, let me interject there. Because Shaka had a very rough and tumble relationship with Arsenal fans. Mm, yeah. When Une Emery was the manager, he was made the captain. Right. He was booed away because of the scores that we were coming out with or the games that we were playing. He was booed out of the uh, arena one time. Yeah. He actually quarreled with fans. Nobody expected, including me, nobody expected that Shaka will remain in the scheme of things in, when Arteta came in. Right. But look, Shaka is probably the only one who survived the Unemri period and still is there. I mean, Sorry. that is the kind of impressive team management. You were talking about the team management. It's not just the game management. The team management too was yeah. has been wonderful under Arteta. Man Sorry, management. you continue. Yes, yeah, yes. the man management pattern. You know, that's fine. Yeah, so, yeah, so... But like you said, you know, Shaka, you know, so it seems that Arteta has been able to get the best out of Shaka as well. You know, of course, what I was trying to say is that you know, Shaka is, there's much more to his game than just being so aggressive, being this ball winner in midfield. You know, it, it often gets overlooked because he's surrounded by these flamboyant, you know, colorful players. You know, but Shaka, along with, you know, Thomas Party, you know, they have anchored the center midfield, you know, quite elegantly, I would say. You know, the they link up with the forwards and when needed. And of course, they provide great cover to the fullbacks, you know, Ben White and Zinchenko in most cases. Yeah, defensively too, I agree with you. Uh, defensively too, I think Arsenal have improved a great deal. Nine clean sheets in 18 Premier League matches. That is not an easy task. Right. And if you remember, the goal difference always was a huge issue for Arsenal. They never used to finish with the clean sheets. And this improvement, this part of improvement in this part of the game, too, is a huge improvement for Arsenal. And always you need a good goalkeeper, not just good, great goalkeeper to keep a clean sheet. 
Aaron Ramsdale has been a brilliant this season. We saw how he fights till the end in that uh, recent 2-0 win over Tottenham. He was the uh, man of the player that day. A good character. Of course, Saliba and Gabriel in the heart of the defence have been rock solid. Yeah, but again, like like we said at the start, you know, there's still a long way to go in the season. So, what do you think, Anand, you know, are the things that could still go wrong for Arsenal? I know... And I, because I still remember I'm saying this because I still remember that Steven Gerrard slip in the in April 2014. You know, Liverpool were playing against Chelsea, so I, I have profound memory of that. You know, you know, uh, Liverpool were just what three games away from you know clinching a title, and then that infamous slip allowed uh, Dembaba to just race away and score, and then they followed up with a defeat, uh, not a defeat. I think they just surrendered a three-goal margin, and then drew with Crystal Palace the next game week, and then the title race was over for Liverpool. So, it could always still go wrong. It could go wrong. But I still believe that um, uh, one tweet that I loved and, and retweeted and suggested to many of the Gunners fan was from former England captain Gary Lineker. After the Tottenham win, Gary Lineker wrote, Arsenal will win the Premier League this title this year. So, I was very happy. But what could be the problem? In As I said in the beginning... 20 more matches to be played and one major match is coming this Sunday against Manchester United. So, yeah, it could turn upside down for anybody. In 20 matches, anything could happen. One major problem I see or uh, one major stumbling block, probably if I may say, is that his over-dependence on the first eleven. The over-dependence had a problem uh, against a match uh, against uh, Brighton. Arsenal were leading, I think, uh, 3-0 or something. Yeah. And uh, Brighton just came back because there was a lot of uh, substitutes that he did towards, almost towards the 79 minutes or so. Mikel Arteta changed many of the first 11. Of course, then uh, another go- Arsenal scored another goal for uh, one or something. But Brighton came back. Brighton came back to make it a 4-2 loss for Brighton. Had there been time, probably that... The- over excessive attack probably would Arsenal would have crumbled in that attack from Brighton. Yeah, that, that could still happen because he is still uh, have this first player uh, dependence. And at the same breath, if if some injury happens to this uh, major players. players, right, that could pose a huge yeah, problem. Yeah, stay for Odegaard or Saka or someone so important. Exactly. So uh, Saka manages the right, uh, Martinelli manages the left. So if something happens, then who is the replacement for them? Now, that is why they are looking in this uh, transfer window to get some good player and one uh, they lost to Chelsea now. So, uh, they are looking for some key players. So, injuries could be a huge problem. I understand. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, as I said, injuries can make a huge difference. I mean, we already saw what with Gabriel Jesus. He was great in the first few matches, then got injured in the World Cup. But fortunately for Arsenal, others have chipped in. Arsenal should not let the momentum drop. Take one game at a time like Leicester with Claudio Ranieri famously did in the 2015-16 season. When Martin Odegaard was asked about the title win chances after the Tottenham win, he said that we should be humble and keep our feet on the ground and take one match at a time. Probably that is a way forward for Arsenal. They are like all Arsenal fans. Uh, I keep my uh, fingers crossed. So, yeah, there was a time when I uh, stopped watching it when Arsenal was down 1-0. Now, not the case. I still know that Arsenal still can come back and win the matches. That is a positivity that Arsenal fans are now feeling. 
like me, most of the Arsenal fans are feeling that. But then something could happen. Let's see what, what the second half of the season has in store for us. Well, good luck for you. Thank you. I want that note, it's time to wind up this episode. We hope you liked the episode as much as we had making it. Extra Time is produced by me, Kannan, and Arun George with technical assistance from Idea Brew Studios. Listen to Extra Time wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more news, views, and analysis, follow on madorama.com.